to be able to stop yourself and say, hang on a minute, how am I part of this problem? And how can I be part of the solution? That is vulnerability, but it's also responsibility, I feel. And I am a strong believer in that everybody is responsible for creating an equitable world, a just world. It does not fall on black people alone. It does not fall on white people alone. Everybody has to participate in creating a world that is safe, that is equitable for everybody. I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. We have had such an amazing and exciting show, you know, in season, really, where we're talking about busting myths around business. And I'm super excited to have the most amazing guest. I've had her on my podcast before. I am sure I will have her on the podcast again. But Sunshine Kamaloni is an amazing racial equity consultant. She's also a writer, and she's just like the most spectacular human being. So I really am so thankful to have her here. And the myth that we really want to bust is this idea that especially as a white-owned business, you know, how do we bring anti-racism into our business, right? I think that the myth is a lot of people feel they have to either be perfect in their anti-racist practices or they have to perform. And what we really want to talk about today is that you just have to start, right? You have to have the intention and you have to start. And we're going to talk about some things around that. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm just really excited. What do you, what do you think, Sunshine? Where, where can we start? What do you feel about kind of this myth out there that you have to be perfect or perform? Mm. It's such an important conversation to be having. And, and I think for starters, it's just acknowledging the fact that we are having the conversation because part of the myth is propagating the fear around being able to actually talk about it. And people are scared to actually come out and say, well, this is how I feel about anti-racism in the world today. Oh, this is where I stand. I don't know what to say. What should I be doing? Just having the space initially to even acknowledge the fact that here we are, we want to have this hard conversation is a good place to start. I agree. And I think, you know, I hear from a lot of women in, you know, my circles and who are, you know, interested in working with me. And sometimes they talk about how they really care about this topic. They Mm. really want to make change in the world. They're, you know, maybe even an activist Mm. out in the world in their personal lives. And they just don't know how to bring it into their business. And there's fear around so many corners, right? Mm. Like there's, you know, fear of getting it wrong, fear of doing something wrong, fear of turning someone off, fear of, you 
you know, um, stepping out too boldly, mm. fear of performing. It's like on all spectrums, there's this huge amount of fear that I feel like stops people from just starting the process mm. in imperfection. Mm. Right? I agree. And I think maybe one of the places where those things can kind of be interrogated is by asking ourselves the question, why? Why do you want to be anti-racist? Why do you want to contribute to the conversation? How does what you want to say align with the values that you have as a being as also, and also as your business? Because sometimes, and I've, I've seen this in the world today, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, cancel culture is, is a huge thing now. And so people tend to kind of jump into the conversation without actually thinking about why they're doing it. So I think it's just that pressure to be, like you said, to perform, to be seen as anti-racist, whereas really underneath the, underneath the carpet, they haven't actually done the actual work of knowing and making sure that they're aligned with the why of why they want to be part of the conversation or the why of why they want to say the things that they want to say. Yeah, I fully agree. And, you know, one of the things I love about your work and what you're doing in the world and the work that we've done together as well is that it starts with with us, right? It starts mm. with the business owner. It starts with the individual. You know, what do we want? Why is this important to us? Mm. Who are we? What are our beliefs? Where is our fear? You know, and what is that connected to? Mm. And I think that's so powerful because I know when really when George Floyd happened and, you know, all these changes started happening rapidly in my industry and in the world and in business, you know, I felt frozen at first, yeah. right? I didn't know like what to do. Like I stopped everything. I stopped yeah. my social media, you know, I didn't want to, you know, have language out there that just wasn't relevant, you know, but, but I froze. Like, I was like, how, how, where do I go? What do I do? And, you know, I think that's that vulnerability of really asking ourselves, mm -hmm. okay, I know that there's, there's pressure to perform. I saw a lot of my peers starting to perform, mm -hmm. right? They didn't do the internal work. They'd mm -hmm. had nothing for a long time. And then all of a sudden they're like hugely anti-racist, right? Like they're all out there performing. And I thought, okay, that, that can't be me. Like mm -hmm. I'm not that person. Yep. And I don't want to do nothing, you know? Yep. So where do I start? And being able to start with myself was such a powerful step in the right direction. Mm. And it also grounds you in the whole, the conversation and the movement as well, because it's it's one thing to start to to be external because when you're external that's when you say the wrong thing <laughs> you say the wrong thing you hurt people people get upset with you you lose business but when you're grounded so you position yourself in the movement and in the conversation and this begins by like you said having that connection to race anti-racism what is your place in the whole conversation how have you contributed to the movement or the issue how are you a solution so like interrogating those aspects of the conversation about yourself then gives you the power to be able to speak from integrity so whatever you're going to say when you've done the work yourself will always resonate with people. People will see that you're not actually performing. You're inside the conversation as opposed to outside looking in, telling people, practically just performing so that people can see that you're anti-racism, anti-racist, when as opposed to actually being anti-racist in practice. 
Yes, yes. And I think, you know, it also leads to sustainability. You know, what I've seen is a lot of people performing and then they give up and then they perform and then they give up. You know, when the pressure is outside of them, they perform. But for me, it's been very important to start to shift things from the inside out Mm -hmm. in my business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I've had to face a lot. Like I've had a predominantly, you know, white client roster. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had, I haven't been actively anti-racist my whole business, that's for sure. Even though, you know, I've wanted to be mm-hmm. good and I've wanted to care about people and I've wanted equity, right? I haven't done the work of really understanding or looking at my own racism, my own white supremacy, all the ways I contribute mm-hmm. to the racist systems. And I think that, you know, that was, I think, really the breakthrough, getting through kind of the white fragility, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what was actually so hard mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. you know, because even though I, I, I feel like I'm, you know, a good person and I went through all that process, <laughs> yes. it was like I still had so much right, white fragility and I still felt like, you know, defensive of what I've done and defensive of, you know, what I believe and, you know, defensive of what place that I stood. And it wasn't until I could really integrate that and move through that Mm. that started allowing me to really ground myself in the values that I want to have moving forward. Mm. And and you've been exemplary at that, Sonia, because it's, I understand how sensitive this issue is and how difficult it is for for white people and being a black woman myself, I, it's, it is difficult on both, on both ends. I think we all have our different experiences. We all have our different hurts around race and racial difference. Um, but on both sides, there's a need for vulnerability. Um, and I, and I think the way that you showed up to the challenge of having to look at your own race and racism and whiteness and being able to integrate that it's such a courageous act in its own way because the default is to be defensive, to be defensive and to kind of guard against shame, to, to say you're not part of the conversation, it doesn't concern you, it's, it's got nothing to do with you, it happened long ago. So those are very defensive mechanisms and tactics or acts that people sort of, they just come up immediately. But to be able to stop yourself and say, hang on a minute, how am I part of this problem and how can I be part of the solution? That is vulnerability, but it's also responsibility, I feel. And I am a strong believer in that everybody is responsible for creating an equitable world, a just world. It does not fall on black people alone. It does not fall on white people alone. Everybody has to, to participate in creating a world that is safe, that is equitable for everybody. Yes, I love that. And I really want to pull on the thread too about the responsibility. Sometimes we're so afraid to grasp that responsibility to grasp our part in it. You know, we want to we want to not own it cuz it's painful, right? Uh, you know, I feel as a white person, it it is it is painful and challenging to own what my ancestors have done, to mm-hmm. own what I've done. Mm-hmm. And that responsibility is yeah. so challenging and so imperative. You can't have an anti-racist business if you aren't taking responsibility for your part in the racism. Yep. And, you know, 
I think once you can do that, once that path starts, I guess, because really you never stop. <laughs> like, you know, yes. I can say from yes. you know, experience, it is it is never ending. No. There's still fear. There's still defensiveness. Yeah. There's still worry about perfection and performance. Like it still comes up. And so you, you get better at navigating mm. it, I think, and mm -hmm. you get a little bit more comfortable being mm -hmm. more bold or a little bit more comfortable with the responsibility, mm -hmm. but it's an ongoing, but yes. starting like the first big chunk of, this is, this was my experience, the first big chunk of really owning how I've mm -hmm. contributed to racism, how I have leaned on my privilege my whole life, really getting to that responsibility I guess that put me in a position to really start to make change. Mm. But it was like, it, that was a key component for me. Yeah. It is a big piece to shift. And I think part of it requires a shift in perspective as well, because a, a lot of our lives, I guess it depends also where you're from in the world. Like I come from, I'm from Zambia originally. I'm Australian now, but I'm from Zambia originally. And I come from a very collective culture. And in a collective culture, Obviously, there's the individual, but there's more the collective, like there's a people, it's a village. So we all understand the fact and the reality that we affect each other. So I'm not living in isolation. I am in connection with other human beings. And so when we understand, I think that concept of being connected to everybody and in, in interaction with everybody, it changes how you see the world because then you start to think, I actually affect other people. What I do, what I say has an impact on other human beings. And so the responsibility, part of the responsibility is how do I live in a world with other human beings? How do I share the world with other human beings? And then that grows an interest in what other people are going through, what other people are suffering. It's not just about us. Because, you know, we're not only, we're not the center of the world. There are other people too. So understanding where other people are coming from. So it's, it's that ability to shift perspective. And race is, I mean, anti-racism is, is, a, is a good example of this. Being able to put yourself in black people, people of color's shoes and say, why do they feel that way? Like really genuinely be interested in how they feel, what the experience is like, as opposed to, you know, being defensive or, or saying it's got nothing to do with me because it, it does in the sense that you are connected to what's happening in the world. You've come across, you know, people of color. How did you treat them? What did you think about them when you met them? How is your attitude towards people of color? So it's all these little, they seem little, but they actually, all, all of these things that are part of this bigger aspect of taking responsibility. So, so starting small is a good thing. Just awareness, being aware that we're all in this together and that our actions affect other people. I think that's really important. And I and I think, you know, primarily for white people, I think one of the things we have to do is we have to put ourselves in communities, into experiences, into an understanding of what other people feel. Because mm. being white-centered, especially cultures like America and Australia is the same, mm -hmm. you know, like cultures where it's incredibly white-centered, we 
it's like everything leans to us, right? Yeah. Every all the books are white centered, all the stories are white centered, all the histories are white centered, you know, all the culture is white centered. And so like we think, oh yeah, we get it. We're, you know, we're yeah. we see the world, we're em- empathic, we're we're with the world. And it's like we see this very very small piece. And I mean, even some really interesting things like, you know, some of the stuff I did at the beginning where I was really trying to just get into the feel, really trying to listen to the stories trying to just be aware and deep listen to everything Mm. that was happening in the world, you know, is one of the, you know, other things that I was doing is like reading novels, Mm -hmm. right? Reading novels from black authors that talked about black experiences, right? You gave me a really good book that Mm -hmm. I loved. And I think what that did as well is, is, is immersed me into a culture that I didn't grow up in right, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have any experience with. And to just see the blatant racism, Mm -hmm. you know, that a lot of people experience, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was so good to have those stories and those reference points and those, so simple things like that Mm -hmm. even helps us to understand someone else's experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, and I started to put myself into more diverse communities as well, like especially in business, you know, looking for more diverse business communities, looking for more, you know, communities that didn't have white centeredness. There's not very many, but there is a few. And, you know, that was also so helpful to see what, you know, all kinds of people, you know, were experiencing and feeling during everything that happens and everything that comes up and all the politics we were dealing with in the U.S., obviously. But even like since then, being in some of those diverse groups has taught me a lot about other things as well. Like people would talk about being, you know, ableist culture, Mm -hmm. right? Like so, you know, versus people who are disabled are, you know, obviously all of the, you know, LGBTQI Mm-hmm. a community as well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's like you there's all these things that it starts to open you up to to see how inequitable the world is so that we can start to make that change yeah and I, I think the other part of it I was just thinking when you were talking about performing and how exhausting it it can actually be to perform versus grounding yourself in a more genuine or embodied way of responding to the challenges like and I think part of the starting small is this that you have to be interested as well it's about curiosity so if you if you are white business and you you want to be anti-racist it has to be genuine so it has to come from a place of curiosity Um, it has to come from a place of connection and then so all these things that we're talking about you know reading stories from different cultures or joining diverse communities they become things that you genuinely want to do not because you are trying to just perform or like get a tick for (laughs) for your effort it has to really come from a genuine authentic place so important Mm. and you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners and I think a lot, definitely a lot of the clients I attract, you know, they, they really don't want to perform. And so they freeze, though, on the other side of being afraid to make a mistake. Mm. So, you know, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, what happens if we put ourselves out there and we make a mistake? <laughs> Oh, so that's that's a big question. If if I was in charge of council culture, we would have different rules. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, but, me too. But I'm not. So it is in some ways. It's such a such a precarious 
time to be doing business, I feel, because the people out there looking at everything you do, and if you make one slight mistake, you're almost out of the arena in, in very quickly. So I do feel for businesses. I mean, I'm a small business myself, and I, and I am conscious of these things that are happening and trying to stay abreast at, with the culture and the way, thing, the way people are reacting to certain things. But personally, I mean, I believe in people learning, people having a safe space to learn. So that means making mistakes, especially when you're genuine. There's a difference when someone's just being, you know, they, they're not, they don't even care about what they're doing, what they're saying. They're just out there saying things, or whether they make a mistake or not. And you can tell, people can tell when someone's being genuine and they're really trying. So I personally feel people should make mistakes, um, especially if they've never done this work before. It's very hard work. It's not, you don't just get it like that. You have to do a lot of internal work to get to a place where you are making less and less mistakes because if you're learning, of course you're going to be falling. So it's a hard thing. I, and I'm curious to hear how you, how you feel, Sonia, being a white business and and yeah you know (laughs) yeah look and here's the thing you're gonna make a mistake Mm -hmm. you're gonna say something wrong yeah right I say things wrong I do things wrong I you know say things that I'm insensitive to the way they come out you know and the only thing I can do is have that I guess that trust that you know I'm being as genuine and honest Mm -hmm. as I can be Mm -hmm. and I'm trying right Mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm going to make mistakes. And I agree with you. Like, I think the cancel culture actually is really dangerous. I think it is, it does not create a safe space for people to make mistakes, for people to actually integrate. Mm-hmm. There's so much fear yes. of like, I'm going to be canceled. Or even if you get canceled, mm-hmm. right? It's like all this, all this fear and all this worry. And I, I watched this happen a lot last year, you know, where it, big names would yeah. make a mistake. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, annihilation. And then yeah. they'd have to come out and perform, right? In order yes. to survive, they'd have to come out and perform. But the, they were so quick to do it yeah. that, did, like, did they really have the opportunity to integrate right. the mistake? Right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess, you know, this is the other thing is coming from the inside out, really doing the work on yourself. Yes. And then doing yes. the things out in the world. That's right. I feel like it does come from a much more grounded place. And the mistakes you make, you're going to be grounded making them. Mm. So so it's like there is this opportunity to stop and be like, you know what? You're right. You know, I did that. And I can own that. Mm-hmm. And I can do better. Yes. Right? There is this place. But I think if we're not doing the inside work, then everything is like um, a scheme almost, right? It's like, okay, I don't want to be, and this is where I feel like a lot of people are. They're like, I don't want to be bad on this side or on this side. You know, (laughs) like, it's like they're trapped in this little tiny spot where they're like, I don't want to make a mistake and, you know, say something that's going to piss people off. And I I don't want to do not enough because Mm. someone will cancel me. And it's like, there's cancel culture on either side. And I think, you have to stop worrying about it. And I think this is a good lesson for business in general. Yes. Be in your yes. values. Absolutely. And if you are, the people mm-hmm. will come that are aligned with those values. And we have to stop caring what people think. 
I absolutely agree. Like the whole piece about integrity is a big piece. And it's something that you teach in just other areas of business. Like you, you cannot be acting out of your integrity as a human being and as a business as well. And so, and you're absolutely right. I think starting from a place of, like we said, asking yourself why, you know, why you want to say what you want to say or why you want to be an anti-racist business. And then coming to the place where you say, so what is it that you want to say? Like you're doing the internal work and then you're kind of asking all these questions. What do you want to say? Sometimes I, I think talk is cheap. I know that we have to kind of like stand up and say something about particular things and that's fine. But a lot of the times, especially in anti-racist work, talk can be cheap. You know, people can just say words. Like, and we saw this happen last year where people put up black boxes and then, you know, that's all they did. And it, they, it didn't change the business itself. So you can say things. You can say you're anti-racist by the work that you do itself. So what are you doing in your business that makes you anti-racist? How loud is your voice in that arena versus your voice as in just you saying you're anti-racist? So it's doing, if you're doing those things, then like you said, the fear of stepping out and actually saying something is going to be less. And even when you do fall, like you said, you'll be grounded in that, in that mistake and you'll be able to integrate it because you're already doing the work itself, the real work, which is you yourself being anti-racist and that flows into everything else that you do. Love that. I love that. So important. Okay. So I want to talk about two things before we have to wrap up. And one is, what are the first baby steps that someone can take? How can they start to um, actively do something Mm. to start to step into that anti-racist business arena? Mm. And so let's let's start there and then we'll go to the second part. I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself a lot, but I I think asking, like really sitting with yourself and deciding what is it that you want to be a part of? So anti-racist work, how do you, how do you envision it for yourself? What does it actually mean to you as a business and as an individual? I think those are important questions because you have to be in your integrity. You have to be congruent with you know, everything has to be congruent with who you are and what you're trying to do in the world. So it's no good looking at somebody else and trying to copy what they're doing. You have to, it has to be meaningful. And if it has to be meaningful, it has to be your own thing. And I think part of it might be you seeking help because sometimes this is a very challenging, not sometimes, it is a very challenging space to be in. Um, So seeking help from people who can actually hold you accountable or give you space to be able to process this behind the scenes in a safe way so that when when you're doing the work you have somewhere to go to get support or be get guidance so that you're doing the things that are fulfilling for you but also will make a difference in your business and in your life yes yes and, you know, going through like what something that Sunshine does, you know, so Sunshine's a great example of someone that you can reach out to and get support from. You know, what I love about Sunshine's work and what I would recommend in going down the path of getting support, you know, to, to become that anti-racist business is the internal work is really important and having someone who supports that and prioritizes that and can really hold space and facilitate 
the unfolding and awakening of your own awareness, Mm. that is super, super important because that initial work is everything. And I've seen a lot of people who just come in and they start checking boxes, right? You know, have you done these things? Have you checked these boxes? You know, do you have a statement about being anti-racist? Do you have it on your website? Do you have, you know, like these check boxes and yes, those are important too. And we can Uh talk about those, but you need someone who can really facilitate and hold that space for the internal stuff because that is the real work and that is the hard work, right? Being able to look at myself and, you know, I think um, one of the things that was really hard when I was doing some of this work with Sunshine for my business was, you know, she asked me about my race, you know, how do I experience my race? Right, which is like this simple question, but it unpacked and unraveled so much because I didn't even ever consider I have a race. Like this is how, you know, how like out of it white people are. Like we don't even consider ourselves having a race, which is what keeps a lot of the white supremacy in power. You know, like there's all these ways in which this happens. And so just even contemplating that I have a race and owning my race Mm -hmm. and being able to to look at how my race has impacted things and contributes to things, it was really powerful and important. And what happened was integrating all of that gave me the confidence to be able to talk about it, to Mm -hmm. be able to make mistakes around it, to be able to start to actively put things in place around it. So it like this is the important work and that really is getting support from someone who can hold you in that, not in performance, but in actual integration is really key. Mm. Well, you've just perfectly summarized it. Internal work. That's where it starts from. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then I thought it'd be also great to kind of talk about once you do the internal work and once, you know, there's more groundedness and there's more, like, what are some of the things that we can actually practically do in our business to make it more anti-racist? I mean, I can definitely share the things I'm doing, but also from your perspective, you know, what are some of the things that we can do to more actively you know, make that happen within our business? Yeah, I I think this question is about visibility, isn't it? Like how how can people see that you're actually anti-racist? I mean, there's things like hiring people of color, obviously, um, because that's that's a big indication of the fact that you're you're open to having people of different races working with you and working for you. Um, And not just hiring them but creating a culture where they're thriving one of the things that I've noticed with businesses where sometimes this becomes a metric just like an external metric it becomes a box like like they just tick a box like oh I've got two black clients or like I hired two um, Indonesian people and that and that's it but I think actively working to create a culture that is conducive for all you know for people of color to thrive where they enjoy being working for you or doing business with you and and so I think that's one of the for me that's one of the things that I look for because it's it's one thing having worked for organizations and places where there's some people of color but yet the environment in it is actually not safe for people of color so I think that's a big thing, giving back to communities of color um, or communities where they're in a different situation from where you are being a business owner. If you've got enough that you can spare 
contributing to other communities or cultures that are struggling I think that's that's a good way of showing that you are in support like you're in partnership with people and you can do this in different ways like you know black owned businesses or supporting black creatives that's very special to me being a creative myself um so doing things like that like practical things like that Sonia I'm interested to hear what you're doing with your your business I mean, it's obviously always ongoing, right? So, you know, I'm always working towards, for me, I want it to be almost an energetic shift, mm. right? So so it's one thing, like I, I definitely can be verbal about it, you know, pretty much everywhere that my, um, you know, my website and my gut check and all my things state that that's a very important value to me, mm. that I'm an anti-racist business and that you have to be aligned with that to be a good fit for me. Mm. So like I have that in terms of the visibility, mm-hmm. but I want there to be a huge energetic shift. And I feel like I'm still not there, to be honest. Like, you know, I've been... I, I would say I've been actively working towards this for a year now. Yeah. And, you know, I I still am not where I want to be. But one of the commitments I made to myself originally was that I would start investing more money in Black communities. And, you know, um, I heard someone yeah, give a metric, you know, it was like 30%. I was like, okay, how much of my money is going into Black communities now? It was pretty much zero. Like, that's where I started, zero. I was like, no software. I had no contractors. You know, I've had contractors in the Philippines, but no black contractors, mm. you know. And so I realized, wow, none of my money mm. is going into black communities. And so that was a big shift that I had to make right away. And at first I wasn't sure, you know, I could do small things like I try to get all my books from a black owned bookstore. Mm. And, you know, like I, that's kind of where I started. That was like the first step. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, you know, I need to be in more communities that are diverse for me to be able to hire more diversity. Mm. And so then I started to recognize that, you know, I, now I, I've hired a lot more contractors. I've hired um, a lot more consultants that mm. are black, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, putting myself into more diverse communities gave me access to amazing people Mm. and so you know I've gotten to where 30% of my or 30% of my expenses is now going into black owned communities Mm. and that can shift and change depending on what happens but it's having that intention and putting myself in the opportunity to you know support people and to um to find the kind of resources that i need you know i still feel there's like this huge um gap in software like i have to have a lot of software in my company Mm -hmm. i have looked for black owned tech there's a lot less of it yes and so you know like that's really interesting and so that piece was really important to me and I'm always actively working on that. And mm. so, you know, I want to be able to always be committed to that. I still feel like, you know, working on my marketing, working on my language. Yeah. How do I support and cr- like create a safe space that people know I'm able to support them and hold them mm. of any, you know, race and culture? Mm. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm still working on that. Like, what's the what's the language that allows people to feel safe? I definitely feel like in my community, I hold a space of care and, you know, I have zero toleration policy in terms of the community itself. You know, any racism, any diminishing mm-hmm. of anyone in my group is not tolerated. And so, you know, being aware of that. But yeah, I mean, it's always... 
it's always an ongoing, like, how can I continue to be more? I guess, you know, I also try to make sure I have more black women and more women of color on the podcast Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Like that's also a really important piece to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm always actively looking again in those communities for that. Yeah. I mean, having gone through your program, having been your client, I mean, I can attest to the, and this is something I've said to you, I can attest to the safety that you create for your clients. And I, and I think this is one of the things that I, the reason why I wanted to work with you, because I felt safe as a black woman to be able to get the skills that I needed as an up and coming business owner. And you provide that space, like you're, you're amazing at holding people. And I do think that this is just a matter of time. And I guess this is one thing that I want to say to white businesses that sometimes it takes a long time to earn trust because a lot of people of color have been disappointed in the past. They've, you know, they've been hurt in the past. So there has to be a period where you as a white business, you are patient in waiting for, you know, to earn their trust again And so I don't want businesses to kind of lose hope or to feel like whatever work they're doing is not fruitful or it's not going to lead anywhere because it is, if you are doing the work, it will bear fruit. And I, and I want to tie into what you were saying about energetic, Sonia, because this is, it's, it's something that I love and I know it's your, (laughs) it's your specialty as well. And I just want to talk a little bit about that. Like, can you maybe just sort of flesh it out for people? Because I think it is an important aspect in this conversation as well. Well, I think first, you know, the way that I look at energy, right? Everything's made of energy. Everything's energetic. And our business definitely is energetic, right? And so we attract or repel energetically, right? People and opportunities and experiences. And so the energy of something matters. And, you know, this, and I definitely do talk about this all the time in the program and, and in, in the collective because we can't be operating in our business and ignore the energetics of, ha- of what's actually going on. Mm. And so this is the same. Like, in, and I always feel like energetics start with intention, yeah. right? What is my intention? And this goes back to just what you were talking about with starting with your why. If you don't really know your intention, and if your intention is to perform, what kind of energy do you think that's going to send out there, right? If your intention is to really embed these values into your business, Mm. then what does that create, right? Mm. So it's really about like, what's our intention? And then how are we experiencing it energetically? And this gets back to that integration side, right? Mm. If I'm not integrating my unconscious stuff, if I'm Mm. not integrating all the ways I've ignored my racism, all the ways I've ignored white supremacy, if I'm not handling that honestly Mm -hmm. with with real transparency, then what energy is coming through my anti-racism work? Right? right. (laughs) Exactly right. Do you know, and I I know this works because having gone through like – like the business side of things, having done the work with you and seeing it actually um, manifest in my own life, in my own business, where when my energy changed or my intention, I became very clear about my intention and I felt connected to my intention, my energy changed and the things that I was attracting was different. And so it's, 
absolutely the same with anti-racist work. Like you have to be, it has to come from a place of grounded intention and then it will like it will mani- it will manifest itself in as you as you keep going don't don't give up i mean that's that's the whole point and i and i think this is part of busting the myth itself like you don't have to be perfect but you have to be doing the work itself um always grounding yourself in intention in intention in intention and practicing it as well yes and to be honest it's easy to let it go like this is why it's very active work right it's easy to get lost in your day-to-day to get lost in all of the things you've got going on and then it drops off off your radar right it's something that we have to put mm-hmm. out there in consciousness and with intention as a priority um, and I know because, you know, like I've had these waves of like a lot of intention and care and like, okay, this is what I'm creating. And then I, you know, get busy and mm. then it goes back in default and I'm like, okay, no, mm. I have to bring that out again. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's really, I mean, and that's just, you know, me being honest. I'm, yes. I'm no, not it's... great with consistency, which <laughs> I've true. talked about a lot. Yes. And so, you know, this is my work and this is mm. the thing. It's, you know, it's making it a priority, which is why your intention and your why is so important. Because if you don't make it a priority, it easily just drops off the list. Mm. And it is a value. If it is a value, your own value and your business's value, you will make time for it. I love this conversation. I could go on forever, but we do (laughs) have to wrap up. Any any final thought or final thing you'd like to leave with I would love for you to share a little bit more about your business and how you work and we'll have all those details in the show notes as Mm -hmm. well but how can people find you and work with you so I am online so I've got a website sunshinecamaloni.com so you can find me there I'm also kind of semi-active on LinkedIn so you can reach me there Um, so my program is a one-on-one program we really focus on getting embodied and creating a safe space for you as a business owner to kind of interrogate your own um, internal work around anti-racism and anti-racist work and how you can ground your business in in anti-racism. So it's really hands-on internal work. So I don't work with anyone who is not willing to do the internal work. Sometimes it can be confronting work, but I make sure that I create a safe space for you to be able to work through and process the things that are coming up for you. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm very excited and open to work with with women. I love it. And Sunshine does hold the most amazing safe space to do this work. It's really, really powerful. All right. Thank you, Sunshine, so much. And thank you all for being such amazing listeners. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This is a very important and powerful topic. We'll have all of Sunshine's contact information in the show notes. Like with anti-racism work, so much of building a successful business revolves around the internal work we do. Creating the space for integration and healing allows us to reclaim our whole selves, to align our business with our values, and to grow our business in a way that produces ease, freedom, and joy. This is what Worthy Women Collective is all about. Want to learn more? Just visit worthywomencollective.com. 
Thank you for being a part of our community. Have a beautiful day.